This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. It's natural, National Injury Prevention Day, a good time to take on the most common cause of injury, falls. Falls are the biggest cause of trips to emergency and stays in hospital, and the numbers are staggering. 1,800 emergency department visits and 417 hospital stays every single day last year. And the average hospital stay after a fall is two weeks. That's double the average for other reasons. For seniors, falls can lead to the end of independent living and ultimately death. Now, I'd like to hear from you because uh, it could be an issue for you or maybe for a loved one, uh, because this is really, really something we have to prevent. There are all kinds of different causes. If you've had experience with a fall or you had to deal with a family member who experienced a fall, uh, sometimes after a fall, people can never go home again. They go from there into assisted living. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And right now we are going to Nicole Loretti, who is the program lead for this data with the Canadian Institute for Health Information. Hello, Nicole. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Good. Why did you undertake this study? Uh, So uh, this is an annual report that we release. Um, It's on injury-related hospitalizations and emergency departments. So we do uh, produce these numbers every year, and um, this release contains the most recent uh, Canadian hospitalization and emergency department data for for injuries. And uh, were you surprised by any of this? Uh, No, actually, the findings are fairly consistent with previous years, where falls are the leading cause of injury-related hospitalization and emergency department visits. Uh Uh-huh. And what's the most common cause of these falls? So the most common cause of falls is slipping, tripping, and stumbling. Um, And those are the types of falls, uh, you know, maybe more frequently seen uh, uh, happening among seniors, whereas, you know, younger people might be falling from one level to another, which could be, for example, falling at a playground uh, or downstairs, for example. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's it's stumbling. And is it on any particular a lot of these uh, these injuries, these falls occur inside the home? Yeah, when we look at the emergency department data, we see um, for, for folks who have a fall and end up in emergency department, falls in the home is the most common place to have a fall. It's about 114,000 falls in the home end up in emergency department. Uh-huh. There's also in the winter falls on ice. Yeah, falls on ice, definitely more common in the winter. Last year, there were around 8,800 of these. Um, and, you know, again, that could that could vary depending on the the, the 
the severity of the winter weather that year, snow, ice, and, and also, you know, an aging population. So that's an important category as well. Mm-hmm. And do you uh, know the main causes of people falling uh, in terms of, uh, is it possible uh, because of some of the medication they're on is making them unsteady or, or people just losing their mobility? Mm-hmm. It's a good question. So our report doesn't look at all of the specific causal factors, but we do know when we look at the data, we see falls happening across all age groups. So for example, um, for falls that end up in emergency departments, about 70% are actually under the age of 65, and those might be among, you know, kids having falls at a playground or other types of falls. When we look at who's getting hospitalized, there was 152,000 hospitalizations for falls. About 70% of those are actually for the senior population, 65 plus. Um, and, and yeah, as you said, it could be related to uh, medications, making uh, people dizzy or, you know, bone loss or muscle loss or, you know, appropriate footwear or, you know, uh, ice and snow on, on the steps. It could be a number of factors leading to falls. Mm-hmm. And more women than men went to an emergency department after a fall. Uh, yes, so we do see that the, the falls, there's higher volumes occurring among females uh, than males. Mm-hmm. And, and do you uh, have an explanation for that? Well, we see, uh, I think we, the data shows falls can be uh, more common among males in the younger groups, but then it switches and they become more, more common among females in, in the older groups. Right. And do you know the reason for that? Uh, our report doesn't look into the, the specific reasoning, but it could be, again, to a number of factors, uh, bone, muscle, footwear, probably a, probably more than one factor. Okay. Um, hang on, Nicole. We're going to bring in Dr. <clears throat> Excuse me, Iris Gorfinkel, and she is the medical advisor for CARP, A New Vision of Aging, and especially for the Stand Up Straight campaign, which, of course, uh, the part of the idea for it is to prevent falls. Dr. Gorfinkel, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Libby. Great okay, well, well uh, we've just been hearing about the statistics. So what are you finding behind the, sp- the statistics uh, in terms of uh, what uh, causes the falls most of the time? What is the primary cause of falls? Most of the time, it's, it's what I call multifactorial. There's a lot of things that go into it. You know, as, as we age, the muscles change, the vision changes, the coordination changes, and a lot of the time we don't exercise. And of all of the things that we can do to prevent fractures, that's probably the singular most important thing. You know, so as those things fall off, the likelihood of, of falling and fracturing really goes up. You know, just having a fragility fracture, and what that means is, you know, shrinking with age, getting shorter with age, that's a, that's a major risk factor. And for whatever reason, it's, it's vastly undertreated. You know, doctors tend not to treat it like we treat, say, for example, cardiovascular risk. You know, so we're much more likely to get our blood pressure checked and our lipids checked, but when it comes to bone density and really assessing what's my likelihood of fracturing, that's for, for whatever reason, that's it's not done as, as much as it should be done. So we're trying to change that. Okay, because I, I remember, I can't remember when I got a kind of baseline bone density scan for osteoporosis. How big a factor is that, osteoporosis? 
Now, osteoporosis is actually a statistical definition. So what that means is that you've lost enough bone density that you're, more, you're less than two and a half standard deviations below what you should be. So it's a statistical definition. But that's only a small part of what constitutes fracture risk. A lot of other things do too. And certainly anyone who's losing height, if there's been a previous fracture, if a person had a lot of alcohol, not just once but lots of times in their life, because that would have replaced more healthful calories, calcium and vitamin D. Um, if somebody had was a smoker for a long time, just being Caucasian, you know, and fine-boned. Hey, that's you, isn't it, Libby? <laughs> Whoa. Well, except I exercise. Yeah, no, uh, that's true. You are amazing. Like well, I, I, I wouldn't that go that far, but I do exercise. But you can feel that you're, you know, to keep uh, balance, there are specific exercises. Is is that something uh, that you have ever considered measuring at Kai High, Nicole? Uh, have we considered measuring exercise? Exercise as a factor or lack of exercise mm-hmm. as a factor. Hmm. So our databases, our clinical administrative databases, typically collects information on uh, encounters with the healthcare system, like emergency department and um, uh, and hospitalizations, which typically collects information on you know clinical you know age and sex demographic information, and then clinical information, things like diagnosis and procedures. So the information on uh, you know physical activity isn't something that's available to us. Okay, I'm going to give the numbers out again because I really would like to hear from our audience. Uh, the numbers 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. I'd like to hear uh, your experiences with a fall. Did it happen to you or perhaps to a family member? And what was the result? Uh, I know that I hear from friends of mine and uh, often in a panic that one of their parents has fallen and is in the hospital. And uh, Dr. Gorfinkel, uh, how often does that happen to your patients? And oh my how- gosh, that's a daily event that somebody has a fall. And the sad thing is, sometimes they fall on their way to see the doctor, especially in the wintertime. They're really not going out a lot, so they're not getting much exercise, not much movement. And the muscles, they, they forget. They forget how to carry somebody. They atrophy from the disuse, especially in the wintertime when people are afraid of going out. And so that's something that I look for in my patients, too. Are you afraid of falling? Because that fear, that actually predicts fracture risk. So when we exercise, um, it reduces the likelihood of falling, it reduces fracture risk, and it reduces independently the fear of falling. And all three of those are associated with higher fracture risk. So exercise is major medicine. uh, And again, why would the fear of falling be a risk factor? I suspect just because people kind of have a sense of where they're at, they know what they can do, and they also know their weaknesses, you know, and I, I'm, I really believe in that. You know, if I ask somebody, are you afraid of falling? What are your fears around falling? And a lot of the time, the people will self-identify, and they'll say, I'm worried I could fracture my hip, and that's the group we really do want to focus on, you know, so... The, especially with the balance training. I call it the RBC, money in the bank, which is resistance, 
um, balance and core stability. Like those are the cornerstones of the kind of exercises that really help. Um, and of all of those, it's the big B. So RBC, resistance, you know, balance, and core B is the biggest letter there because the balance exercises, those are probably the highest level of evidence we have. So things like Tai Chi, um, walking on, you know, heel to toe, even if you're watching your feet, even if you're doing it with a walker along, you know, holding a, a countertop, being able to walk heel to toe is a big deal. Um, yeah, and people's feet, um, and uh, Nicole, uh, I, I thought I saw something in the report about uh, improper footwear or footwear being a cause. Yeah, so our report doesn't dig down into all the specific um, causes, but, we, you know, we have suggested some fall prevention tips um, as published by the Public Health Agency of Canada. So there's a number of different strategies for reducing falls risk. So, for example, uh, you mentioned one, which is wearing appropriate footwear. Um, and, you know, in the winter, uh, wearing, you know, uh, boots that, that aren't going to slip, you know, at your house, having non-slip services in the tub and shower, handrails uh, on both sides of the stairway and outside of the house, keeping front steps and walkways in good repair and free of ice and snow. And, you know, in terms of your personal health, um, again, just repeating, exercising, maintain and build the bone and muscle strength, reviewing medications to avoid dizziness, um, and, you know, eating a balanced, you know, healthy, nutritious diet to keep up your strength and avoid weakness. Those are just a few things that can help reduce the risk of falls. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dr. Gorfinkel, uh, are high heels a, cul- a culprit here? Oh, my gosh. High heels are such, they make zero sense. If you're worried <laughs> about a fall, do your doctor and yourself and your family and your caregivers a big favor. Do not wear them bad idea because the surface area is so much smaller and the foot you lose that entire beautiful motion that normally would do all the shock absorption and what happens is that that combination could be a deadly combination you know so definitely high heels are a bad idea i look for shoes that really really grip you know so i'm about i don't want to say but i'm about 55 and and I wear shoes like, well, I don't want to say specific brands, but let's say Merrill, Keen. They look almost like hiking shoes, but those things really grip. So it's got a big surface area. They're highly stable shoes, so the arch support is really there. They lace, which is also really good. That's an exercise in itself, just bending down, tying your shoes. And once they're on, you know, I tell people, wear these at home. If you're worried about falls, make sure you maximize stability with good footwear. Okay, uh, we're going to take a couple of calls. In in the meantime, uh, Nicole Loretti, thanks very much. We're going to say goodbye to you. Thanks, you. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Okay, Iris, hang on, uh, and uh, we are going to take some calls now. We've got Maggie in Oshawa. Hi, Maggie. Hi. Um, um, I went to my doctor to try and get something to help me sleep because um, I was having trouble. And I also, I have osteoporosis, and she said she didn't want to give me anything because the main reason that people fall, that she sees, is because they're on medication for sleeping. And I started to go to yoga to try and inc- increase my balance because I noticed balance is a, a bad thing for me. 
definitely, definitely. <laughs> the osteoporosis, she said, is a bad thing to, um, to have because if I fall, she said, fractured hips and pelvises, sometimes people don't ever recover. And so, I'll, I'll let uh, Dr. Gorfinkel respond. Thanks, Maggie, for sharing that. Thank you for sharing your story, Maggie. I mean, there's a lot to what you said and a lot of levels of the things that you're describing. You know, first, the medications. I think your doctor is really right. We want to try to avoid sleeping pills when we can. Those are generally not the older person's friend, and there's no question. They are associated with higher falls risk and higher fracture risk. And those are two separate statements, falls and fractures. You know, so I, I admire your doctor. It sounds like you've got a keeper there, you know. And, and the second part about the yoga, yoga's wonderful. If we can learn good mind-body relaxation techniques, certainly that should be our first go-to. And never mind, when we exercise, the get up and move, boy, that makes a big difference, both in quality and in quantity of sleep. So that's a that's a big deal. You know, great medicine because it's not only reducing falls risk, it's actually helping you sleep. Okay, yeah. let's go to Teresa in Scarborough. Hi, Teresa. Good afternoon, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, I was wanting to speak about uh, what happened, my experience with a fall. Please go ahead. Almost 15 years ago, I had a, a fall and I uh, tore up four-fifths of three of my rotator cuff muscles. Oh, dear. And uh, it wasn't looked after, and uh, I had a prominent hump on my shoulder ever since, not like my shoulder blade, mm-hmm. and my sh- right shoulder was elevated several inches above the left one. And um, last week, I tripped on the hem of my house coat. Oh, no. Oh, yes. <laughs> and uh, it didn't really hurt. I was more uh, into looking at how I fell, how I landed. Mm-hmm. And I landed on my forearm instead of my hand like I did the first time. And I landed on my left knee. And uh, after I got up, I found that like, in the following day or so, I could extend my right arm further than I had 15 years almost. Oh, my left wow. Shoulder, my left shoulder blade has receded. Level with the uh, right shoulder blade is level with the left one now. Wow. Uh, I had a little bit of a cervical bump, and that's gone. Isn't that incredible? So the fall did more than what all the doctors could do. Yep. Okay, I don't, I don't think we're recommending therapy, falling. But that does make you, it gives you pause, doesn't it? That's it really cured my Achilles heel pain, and I had a cramp in my left leg all the time. That's in my left calf. That's gone. And uh, I noticed several hours later that the part of my, the uh, right side of my tongue was purple like a grape. Okay, well, um, that's a very interesting story, Teresa. I don't even know what to make of that, but I have to tell you, when great things happen to people like that, the doctor doesn't have to be so smart, and I'm grateful for it. Sometimes the body heals itself in strange ways, most of which we don't even understand. So that's just amazing. I do exercise all the time to prevent frozen arms because of that injury to my right arm. Okay, Ah. well, good for you. Thank you very much, Teresa. Thanks for sharing your story. Uh, Oh, We've got Catherine in Grimsby. Catherine? Yes. Uh, you're on the air. Go ahead. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm calling. About, I've had several falls since I've moved here in the condo. I've downsized, 
and uh, this morning I had one again just crawled out of bed and I stood stood up and down I went I don't know what happened and like I say I I um, bumped my head on the closet door and I got a lump on the back of my head and I've had several since February I've had two shower falls oh dear well you I, I think you better think about renovating your shower do you have a grab bar in there well, you can't put you, you can't put one in there. Well, I th- you can't I th- put one in there because the shower thing is um, is uh, is hollow. It's a one piece. Well, I I think really the first thing you have to do is to get somebody in to look at your bathroom to make it safer. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I've had several problems here with with uh, with even with maybe you should see your family here. doctor. Well, I don't know. The I didn't family know doctor like should this. you know take it apart right from the very beginning. So the question mm-hmm. is, when you get out of bed, why are you prone to falling? Could that be a medication I don't, I effect? Don't know. Could that be a circulatory problem? Like what's going on there? You know, is that a vestibular problem? Like it has a long differential diagnosis. So in order to understand that, you know, that you should see your family doctor, and your family doctor can arrange services by CCAC. This costs you nothing. You've paid for it through your taxes so that they can come and do a home safety assessment. Physiotherapy with falls prevention is available. But we need to really, you know, take that apart bit by bit to really understand, you know, what is your body saying? Why is this happening to you? Well, I, I think I lose my balance. Yeah, well, I think I'm that's... 80, I'm 85, so... Yeah, I think that's uh, good advice, Catherine, to start with your family doctor. Thanks so much for sharing your story. All righty. Thank you so much. Best of luck to call. you. Okay. Uh, we'll okay. take one more from Bill in Caledon. Hi, Bill. Oh, hi. How are you today? Fine. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Enjoying this weather, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Awesome, awesome. Uh, what I wanted to offer is a bit of a comment with respect to common sense and every individual that just goes about daily life thinking about what they're going to do before about doing it. Um, to give a little example, I am retired, um, and I, I noticed that especially my balance is nowhere near like it used to be even though really I think I'm still 29. Um, But I've almost fallen just putting on my pants. And so I started looking at just the little things I do at home and while I'm out and about and just reconsidered what might happen if I still think I'm 29 and act like I'm 29 kind of thing. So I I think some, uh, some people... Um, maybe a lot of people, should really put a little bit more thought into what they're about to do before doing it. Oh, that's, uh, that's always good advice, Bill. Thanks for that. Yeah, you well, know, with all due respect, Bill, actually, you know what I find? Everyone blames themselves after a fall. Everyone blames themselves after a ski accident. You know, blaming ourselves is not, like, I, I don't think that that's the main problem. Like, I don't think people tend to overestimate their activities with the exception of going water skiing on holidays. Like then everybody's overestimating. But basically the the typical general fall, people come in and they say things like, I'm so stupid. I can't believe this happened to me. I should have known better. But the fact is a lot of the time it's not even their fault. 
Like, it's not because they thought of something or did something wrong, but a lot of the time there is a mismatch between what they believe they can do and what their body can actually deliver. And I think therein lies the magic of exercise, because when you exercise, you're, you are in touch with what your body is accurately able to deliver. Yeah. You understand? I, I totally understand, and I, I just also want to add something that one of the callers uh, sort of twigged, is that, uh, you know, you might have to adjust your living space and to make it safer. I mean, anyone you, you can fall in uh, the shower or the bath. You know, you've got to make sure you've got a grab bar there or yeah. something that can break your fall. Uh Iris, Dr. Gorfinkel, thanks very much. Uh, We have to wrap up this segment. Uh, Is there anything quickly you'd like to leave us with? RBC, resistance, balance, core. Balance is the big one. So do your balance exercises. Talk to your doctor if you're worried about falls so that we can better understand it. And Libby, thank you so much for giving the stage so that we can share this great information for for everyone out there, all the Zoomers. Okay, thank you so much, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.